Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up, what's up, what's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole, guys. Today is Monday, November the 11th. We are rocking and rolling with episode 13. I'm feeling excited because I am not by myself today. I do have a guest in the building with us. Uh, We are going to share on some very important topics, just helping to continue bully grief together. That's why I really like when I have guests because, I mean, I'm a grief bully, but I like to have people on so that we can... Uh, help with the whole concept of bullying and grief together. So my guest today, uh, his name is Rachel, and we're going to bring Rachel on a little bit. But just before that, guys, I want to go back to last week. If you have not already, please download, check out that episode of The Grief Bully. We talked about sadness being a symptom of your wounds, how important it is to pay attention to the red flags and the signs and the signals that you are not doing all right. It is okay to take care of yourself and to really be focused on that in the process of healing from your grief. If you can hear it, I'm a little under the weather today, and I've been trying to figure out what exactly under the weather means, and I don't really know, but I've said that like five times today, and I'm, I'm really curious about what that means, so I will figure it out, and maybe I will tell you guys about that next week. So, Rachel, how are you feeling? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you feeling nervous? Yes. <laughs> I always I should just answer it when I say that to my guests. Are you feeling nervous? But don't, right? When I first started, I had to get comfortable with the microphone, the headphones, and all that good stuff. But you are here. I'm happy to have you. Guys, Rachel, we connected on Instagram, uh, more so with Adina J Designs, the business that I am affiliated with. So we connected there. She's been an avid listener of the show, always sharing support and just kind words when it comes to the show. So she told me the other day, literally the other day, that she was listening to our last episode and just, you know, talked about if I wanted to consider a guest, uh, she would be open to it. And the reason why that became very important to me and why I I liked that was because that episode that she listened to, episode 12, which I just plugged, talked about taking action. You know, it's not enough for you to just listen to the show and, you know, not apply what you've been hearing or at least challenge yourself out of your comfort zone to start to heal your grief or just even talk about it. And so that's the part of the difference between grieving and mourning. So now when you're in that process of healing and you feel comfortable talking about it. So I instantly was like, hey, yeah, sure. Like what, you know, what exactly about your story would you want to talk about? And she mentioned how desperate you feel when you go through something like death. And that was the very first sentence. And it just definitely stuck with me, opened my mind. I'm like, yeah, we definitely need to have you come on the show and talk about that. And it just made me very happy to hear you. And so I'm proud of you. And uh, we're going we're going to get chatting here. So you can tell the guests a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, and, and we can start to get into your grief journey. Sure. So I'm Rachel. Um, I'm from Somerdale. And like Nicole said, we connected through Instagram. Um, it's been great knowing you guys. Learned a lot from both of you. And yeah, so. Awesome. Shout out to Somerdale, though. I mean, I'm a definitely like a lawn side through and through, but there's like Somerdale in my life actually was before lawn side. So I kind of try to rep both of them. And uh, I would shout out, well, whatever, Summer, Summerdale Cold Cuts. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for that, but whatever. They're a great sandwich. So if you are in the Summerdale area, please check them out and grab a sandwich. 
they will have to owe me for that uh, <laughs> advertisement slot. So Rachel, guys, unfortunately lost her grandmother, and that was about two years ago. Yeah, two summers. And two summers ago? Mm-hmm. Okay, so about two summers ago. And as you know, or if you don't know, if you just are a first listener to the show, I can empathize with that because I've also unfortunately lost my grandmother as well. And so it's not an easy thing, although they are older. Sometimes I think that people don't realize how impactful the loss of someone older can be because they're older. So you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, what do you expect? You know, they're they're getting up there, but it, that definitely wasn't my experience. So if you want to just tell us a little bit about your grief journey in terms of the loss of your grandmother and some important things and we'll just flow. We'll just have a conversation. It's not an interview. We're just talking. So to your comfort level, you know, you can start with, you know, what that process was like for you two years ago. Sure. So it was definitely uh, sudden and uh, shocked my entire family. Uh, My grandmother was healthy, nothing really wrong with her. She had a cornea surgery like a month before. That's maybe like the worst thing that happened to her. Um, She must've fallen. And none of us know how it happened. And I was literally talking to her the day before it happened. And she seemed a little off. And my parents went over to check on her. She seemed a little distraught. But my mom was like, ah, she's fine. So the next day, my mom went over to check on her again. And she was, like, kind of unresponsive. She went to the local hospital. Um, They then told her that she had a subarachnoid hemorrhage in her brain. So she had a brain bleed, uh, a major one. So they had to take her to Cooper. And from there, it was just kind of like it was 1130 at night. And I just remember my husband driving me and my sister to the hospital. And it was just like mass pandemonium, just like what's going to happen? Is she going to be okay? And like like I said before, I felt so desperate because you just want everything to be okay, And you don't know how it can be fixed. Like, you know, that you depend on the doctors, but they can only do so much. And you, you think they're God, but they're really not. And so just going through that whole process and the ups and downs of, you know, she was in that in Cooper for 10 days and you you just didn't know if she was going to be okay. Like some days she'd be great and talking. And then other days she would be totally unresponsive and like gargling. You couldn't understand her. So it was up to my parents or not my parents, my, my dad, um, his sister and brother to decide if she should go to a long-term nursing home or if she should go to hospice. And knowing my grandmother, they decided to do hospice, which, really hurt like it just is like a gut punch like it's just the end you know it's coming and so they decided on hospice she was home for about I don't know seven eight days it was her birthday and the day of her birthday she woke up talking it was like a miracle from God it was crazy and I was at home like she lived around the corner from my parents house and she was out in hospice at her home so I got a phone call from my mom saying, hey, you need to get over here right now. Grandma's talking. You need to like come over here, bring your veil, because it was literally two months before I got married. So that made it even way worse, just not having her there on a special day. And she helped me pick out my wedding dress and everything. So it was tough. So I went over there. I showed her my veil, and she was like, oh, it's beautiful. Like, And it was just, it was just an amazing day. It was just one to remember because we didn't know it was going to be one of the last days that she'd be talking. And then after that, it just declined majorly and then she passed away a couple of days later so well we're definitely sorry for your loss you know and I know that that can seem cliche and just says something that people say just to fill space and something that they feel but I'm saying it from a place of I am truly sorry for your loss Thanks. I've unfortunately experienced some of those similar feelings and you know it could be a lot I'm sure your grandmother is proud of you <laughs> for being on here and, and talking about it today 
So just some of, the, some of the situations, I guess, in terms of your grief, you know, what were some of the feelings that you felt? I know you said desperation, but like, if you can just dive a little bit deeper into what actually made you feel so desperate, because I, I do want to park on that word, because mm-hmm. I, again, that was like probably the most intriguing word to me when you reached out about your story was to just hear like, wh- what is that? Because de- it just like made me feel like um like desperation. I don't know. So I just want to know like what actually made you feel so desperate, like in detail. Sure. So desperate in the th- sense that I can't do anything to help her. Desperate in the sense that I would do anything for her to be here today. Desperate for the doctors just to do something or desperate for another doctor to look at her. Like just a second check. Like it, you just feel so depleted and hurt and you just don't know what to do and the word to say is just desperate you just feel desperate for anything for anything to change just desperate for hope you know for it to all go back to normal it's just yeah desperate no yeah I I totally agree with that and do you think that your desperation level that you felt um during the process of her passing away was the same or did it change once she passed so did you feel like did you still feel desperate once she passed away as the way that you did prior or or was it just you just kind of came to an acceptance place? It was kind of in phases because when it all happened, it was sudden. So I was desperate for anything to change. And then throughout, you know, being on hospice and, you know, being around my family, you kind of, you know, desperate for her to get better. But, you know, you want her to be at peace at the same time. And then, you know, once she passed away, it was really sad and you know you still feel desperate you still want them to come back but then it kind of went away a little bit and then once our wedding came up it was like I just wish anything for anything for her to be here today like even the day of the wedding there were so many mementos that was like dedicated to my grandmother like just even down to like a bracelet that I had my mom found um, a birthday card she gave me with like love grandmom in it and she got it engraved on a bracelet for me so I had that and then she used to wear these pants called not called but they were sail- sailboat pants and so for my sister and I she like my mom cut out a heart of the sailboats and she sewed it into our dresses so it's just like you're desperate for her to be there but at the same time you have all these like special memories and you know I knew she was there like even we went even to the graveyard to put flowers on her grave before mass so you know yeah, I think that's awesome, by the way. I mean, just the fact that you, there's so many things that you said there and, and a couple things that I think are awesome is that you found a way to integrate the loss mm-hmm. and, and so soon, you know, and I think that that's something that I try to echo here on the show is how we can learn to integrate the loss and that what you did there was you you guys were breathing life into the intangible relationship. So the tangible aspect of your grandmother was no longer there. It, it no longer existed in the physical sense, mm-hmm. but you didn't let that end. You still allowed Never. her to be a part of your wedding day. Mm-hmm. And that's what I definitely would encourage our listeners to do. You know, we did some similar things, but I think those are unique things and mm-hmm. cool things and stuff that you'll never forget. Yeah. And so she was, you know, definitely still there. What would you say you think was your your lowest point? So do you think that desperation would be your lowest point or do you recall yourself, you know, just had a moment where you're like, this is just, you know, I don't, I don't know how I can handle this or did you feel like really scared or were there any, any moments like that for you? Definitely all of the above because you're scared of what's going to come. Like I, I feel like I was most desperate when we were at Cooper and 
we were waiting for the doctors to tell us what was going on. And like I said, there was that little glimmer of hope, like she was going to be okay. And I think that's when it really hit rock bottom. I remember going into her room the one night I like got the courage up to go by myself without my husband, without my sister, without my, my mom and dad. And I was there talking to her and I just felt so desperate because all I wanted was for her to, you know, talk to me and, you know, just be there, but she wasn't, she wasn't there. And I just remember the nurse coming in and giving me a hug and telling me it was going to be okay. And I just, I, I left there feeling so desperate because I knew that was the last time I was going to be able to spend time with my grandmother, you know, alive really besides being on hospice, but in the hospital. So. No, I can definitely imagine that. And, and that does take great courage to go and sit at a hospital by yourself with your loved one in, in that situation. And I, I kind of, it kind of bugs me that I keep saying I understand, but like I've literally yeah. been in that position. And just for those of you out there that don't know what hospice is, it actually is just um, a, a type of, and you can correct me if you didn't interpret it this way, but a type of end-of-life end care where, and the way it was put to me is that the hospital was here to help you live mm -hmm. and find cures to fix you and, and remedies, and hospice is not. Hospice is not there to help do that. It's there to make your transition as comfortable as possible. Mm -hmm. And so people have different opinions on that. I've had people who said, oh, yeah, that you, you, that's killing them. Like you, you, as soon as you give them all the morphine, you know, that's killing them. And, and I got to be honest, you know, I had to make that decision, too. And I had my dad was in hospice. My grandmother wasn't. And, um, you know, sometimes that still bothers me where I'm like, man, you know, was that the right decision? But I, like you said, when you have someone sitting there and they're not really there and you know it like in your core that. Yeah. Things are just kind of drifty, but then you have those moments of the, the person kind of popping back in because mm -hmm. we experience that as well. And you're just like, like to the point where my family was like, are you making this up? Because you're rushing us here, but then he's popping back in and you're just like, yep. you know, what have you. So that was your lowest point, but you seem to have been bouncing back. I mean, it's been two years. You know, what are some things that have helped you kind of get back on the up and up and just, or, or maybe you're not, but it just could be how you appear to me. So I don't want to make that assumption. Um, I would definitely say only up and up. And I think it's just keeping her in my daily life. And like I, on my desk at work, I have pictures of her and I have her mask card and just like little mementos of her around just help me kind of get through it. And I, I talk to her a lot. And I know this sounds cliche, but there's cardinals and they say cardinals are angels flying around. And I see cardinals all the time. Um, and I love ladybugs. So I sometimes see ladybugs and I think it's her, or they say, when you find a penny or change on the ground, it means there's loved ones nearby. So I, I like, I just keep her in my heart that way. And I feel like obviously I miss her to pieces and I wish I could do anything to bring her back, but, um, she's at peace and I know she's still here all the time. So yeah, definitely up and up. Yeah. And never let anybody make you feel differently about that. I think sometimes those types of things people can say like, oh, you got to kind of let go or you're thinking too deeply about it or, you know, it. What you grab a hold of what's going to help you, mm -hmm. you know, what's going to help you get through and what you believe to be true and know your own truth. And if it's going to soothe your soul and help you to lean in, because that's what I hear you doing is a lot of leaning in. And I'm just like so proud of you for doing that because I know how difficult that can be, mm -hmm. but you're like leaning in and finding ways and just integrating and just moving along. But you said like, you keep her with you every day. Mm -hmm. So when you keep that loved one with you every day in one capacity or another, it's kind of like I have a, a something I'm working on, but one of the first things says the love never ends. Yep. 
you know, and I think that's kind of what, what the PS to what you're saying here is that the topic originally was how desperate you feel when you go through something like death. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm hearing that the love never ends. It never you know, ends. It's like a circle of, of definitely of eternity. So this is the question for the show that when I have guests on, I have to pop this question. Um, I am proposing to you and I'm not on one knee, <laughs> but if you were to describe your grief in a color, what would it be and why? So this is a hard one, but and this is going to sound silly, but I would say white because when it all hit me, it was like a flash and it was just so bright and like, like sudden and like, like you're being sucker punched. And you know, when you're sucker punched, you just see, sometimes you see stars, but I saw white. That's how I felt. But on the flip side, I take it as a positive and I think of it as a like heavenly kind of thing. Like she's on the other side. She's at peace. Like it's white angels kind of that makes any sense it makes a lot of sense so I, I would not say that was silly at all and I think that that's true and I can definitely see how that is possible um, especially when it comes to feeling like you you just kind of got knocked out and and to see the lights and the white there so definitely a great answer for you so I do want to jump into our in love and memory segment guys that is a part of our show if you are not familiar when we like to take time to humanize our loved ones you know, it's important to me that no matter how long ago the loss actually was, that we make sure that we keep them alive and that we show love and extend condolences to the families. So with you being here today uh, from the Grief Bully, our show here, we would like to extend our condolences and continued love and sympathy and support to you and your family. So our In Love and Memory segment goes to Rachel's grandmother, Suzanne. Do you have like a, a special name for her or just grandmom? Grandma. Yeah, she, okay. My sister would call her G Mom. Okay. Uh, so Graham, G Mom, Suzanne, uh, you know, continue to rest well. And I hope that you are proud of your granddaughter because she's doing an amazing job today here and being very brave. So that is our in love and memory segment, guys. If you would like to add someone to the segment, please do not hesitate to send us an email to thegriefbully at gmail.com. And we would most certainly like to add your loved one to that and shout them out on the show. So guys, our inspirational boost is a part of our show that is brought to us by our sponsors, Adina J Designs. It's a part of our show where we like to make sure that we give you something to think about, whether it's a quote, something thought provoking, our shows come out on Monday. So we like to always give you a quote for the week and that's brought to us by our sponsors. Again, Adina J Designs, follow them on Instagram at Adina J Designs. A-D-E-N-A-J-A-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N-S. They make, create, and inspire us through decorated apparel, tumblers, wood signs, and so forth and so on with all that good stuff. They also recently launched their website, adinaj.com, so make sure you follow them there. So the quote this week is the longest quote that we've had so far, so bear with me when I read this paragraph. (laughs) The reality is you will grieve forever. You will not get over the loss of a loved one. You will learn to live with it. You will heal and you will rebuild yourself around the loss you have suffered. You will be whole again, but you will never be the same again. Nor should you be the same, nor should you want to. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. That's a that's a loaded quote there, but it's definitely a lot of truth to it. Uh, did it bring up anything for you? I mean, it's a long one, so I don't know if you need me to read it again. <laughs> no, but it's, it's so true. You, you, it's speaks the truth that's all yeah because I think that that's something I've been asked that question before 
you know, do you think you ever get over grief or like, what's the cure and, and how, and, you know, and also to that flip side, people have said, well, what's the point, you know, like, what's the point of trying to work through this? If there's nothing you can do to change what happened, they won't come back. It's kind of over. But I think you have brought a different perspective to our show and our audience when it definitely comes to being the epitome of leaning in and learning to grieve well and integrate that loss. And so while one relationship kind of did end in the physical sense, that it's still possible for us to have that relationship, nurture that relationship. And and let me ask you, has it been more like, I guess, soothing? Like what's easier? Is it easier to try to integrate the losses and, and find happiness or just walk around and just be angry and upset that you lost this person? Definitely not be angry about it. Like you can't do anything about it. So you might as well make the best of it as you can, you know, trying to remember them and, you know, putting them in your life, daily life, you know, only makes you happier. So why, why do try, why be angry and eliminate them from your, your daily memories when you can be happy and inc- incorporate them into every day? Yeah. So thank you. So it's not just, and, and those are things that I definitely think, but I love when I have guests on the show and they can echo and reiterate thoughts and concepts that we try to put here out on the show. So what would be two things that you would leave our audience with if you, if you had to, it can just be around your experience with your grief and loss, or just maybe something that you live by a motto in your life. But if there were two things you could leave them with before we get out of here. Um, definitely bringing them into your everyday life. I know I keep harping on it, but honestly, it only helps it. And it, it makes you feel good as a person and keeps their memory going. So, um, and the second one, I don't know off the top of my head, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. You don't even have to worry about, you know, worry about a second one. I think here today, guys, on the show, what I want you to walk away with is understanding that you may feel very desperate at times when you're dealing with death and loss, but that desperation does not have to last forever. It depends on your mindset and how you choose to switch it and look at it, but you absolutely can grab a hold of, literally grab a hold of the things in your life and apply them to you, whether that's a picture or a charm. I just actually uh, finally was able to get a necklace to wear my grandmother's charm. And so just that alone, like kind of what you're saying, it just helped me feel so empowered. Yeah. Boost your spirits. Yeah. It definitely boosted my spirit. And I didn't, I underestimated it. I didn't think it would be, you know, that powerful or, or magical. I don't know if I should say magical, <laughs> but if it would be that, that uh, beneficial to me, but it definitely was. And I love that. So that's very important. You can bounce back and it just depends again on your mindset and that there are people out there that I can relate And yeah, so that is our show today. Again, this is episode 13, guys. I do encourage you, as always, to subscribe to the show, review the show, share the show. Anything you can do when I ask for reviews is certainly important because it helps us get the show in front of other people. And that's important. And then share it with someone else in your life. Again, I'm not here so I can have fans. I want to be here to help have life-impacting changes and work I'll give you another opportunity just in case you thought of anything else you want to say before we go out. Anything we didn't cover that you would like to share, you can do that. I tend to talk a lot, so I just want to make sure I gave you that platform and opportunity. No, I think we discussed everything, and I feel like like, just be positive. You know? Yeah. So we're going to be positive, guys. Listen, there's another episode of Grief Bully Podcast in the books, episode 13. You already know, guys, I am your host, Jay Nicole. Please, please, please follow me on Instagram at I underscore AM underscore Jay Nicole, guys, I'm going to go home and take some more medication and hopefully I will feel better soon. In the meantime, I will see you next time. You already know, as always, love and light. Peace. Peace.